Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Agents of Mace. Today, we're doing something a little special to get ready for She-Hulk. We're going to be talking about The Incredible Hulk. Not the terrible movie, uh, Ang Lee's Hulk, but the better movie uh, with Edward Norton. The first, I guess, MCU Hulk movie. So, we'll dive into our first thoughts. Uh, I forgot how much i enjoyed the movie i think there are moments that seem useless or pointless um and then i think the overall cg they did for the hulk is really great except when he's outside and it's daylight <laughs> then it's, Just when you can it's see it. yeah it's not as great <laughs> and i think that the like it, the beginning of the final fight there's a couple weird moments. Um, but overall, I really enjoyed this movie. I forgot how fun it was. So it's my first thoughts. How about you guys? I feel like I will stand by that I'm a fan. <laughs> I don't know why people dog on this movie so much. Um, yeah, there's like some slow moments for sure, but... I th- I like the direction it had. I like a lot of the nods within it. I like the cool like Hulk-based references we get to other characters within Hulk's universe that I wish we would get. Maybe we will. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know why people want to like hate on this one so much. I think it's <laughs> I think it's entertaining and. Um, very if you compare it agree if you compare it to like hulk that was released like this is like light years and and what's cool is like this is set up within a huge world right mm-hmm. um so i don't know i like this one how about you lisa um i i would categorize the movie as being aggressively meh like there's <laughs> <laughs> it's not that it is not that it is bad, per se. It just isn't good. Um, I talked about that uh, with my husband after we watched it the other night, and I don't, I don't think I had seen it since I saw it in the theater all those years ago. And so I remember uh, thinking that it was okay whenever I saw it back then, but then this time sitting down to to see it and not in a theater with a big screen and all that sort of stuff, I was just kind of like. How how is this so boring? <laughs> it's got a little teeny man who blows up into a giant man, and also he's a super scientist, and he's on the run, and he's like he's literally walking from Guatemala to to Virginia, <laughs> and it's just I get Luke said he doesn't know why people dog on this movie. I guess maybe I can articulate some reasons <laughs> as we're going through this discussion, but yeah, it's just again, it, it's not bad. It's not an abomination to 
to films or to the MCU. It's just not a particularly memorable entry. And if I had to re-rank my bottom five uh, MCU movies, it might be worse than Iron Man 2. (laughs) Well, I think it's it's a fair point to to make as well that Elisa has not seen the Ang Lee Hulk movie. Um, it's true. <laughs> so there's a there's a bar I think that people put this movie up against that movie and this movie is like end game level. <laughs> Compared to the Ang Lee yeah, Hulk. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> so I think that that's, that's something to think about too. But I will agree that this movie seems very early MCU, which it is. I mean, it is supposed supposed to follow the events of Iron Man, right? So, I get it. Um, I think that now Marvel has taken the MCU in such a different, like a good different, but such a different direction than like early Marvel movies. Like even if you go back and watch Iron Man 1, it's like great movie, different tone than Marvel seems to have right now. Um, So I felt that throughout the movie, that it's just a little bit darker, almost a little bit grittier. Like think about when Marvel started making movies was they're trying to compete with DC movies, which were dark and gritty. And the Spider-Man movies were a little bit darker. So I, I see that in this movie. I think that they did. They don't have that like Marvel comedy aspects to this movie or even like a feel feel goodness to this movie. Like it's mostly depressing and sad when you think about what's going on with Bruce. And I mean, I guess that is kind of like the Hulk's deal. Right. But but then Kevin was like, no. Yeah, sadness is going to go to a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I did write down one of my notes was this movie has zero jokes. And whenever I told Mason that, he's like, "There are jokes. They made the one joke in the taxi cab, and the other one with Lou Ferrigno." Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like super subtle jokes. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't have the charm that we expect from a Marvel movie. Um. But I think that it does have its moments. Like Luke said, there's a ton of callbacks to old Hulk stuff. Um, I mean, Lou Ferrigno, right? Big call out mm-hmm. to the show. There's actually three call outs to the show that I think I wrote down. Um, there's, I mean, obviously Lou Ferrigno, who was the Hulk version of uh, Banner in the show. There was the Lonely Man theme from the Hulk that plays when uh, Edward Norton is walking <laughs> down the street all alone in his That part did make me laugh. Yeah, that was very funny. <laughs> um, and then at the end, when he gets a box sent to him in his little hut in the wilderness of Canada, it's marked uh, Derek B, right? No, that's not right. David? Yeah. Uh, David B, which... If anyone watched the show, he wasn't Bruce Banner. He was David Banner in the show. So that's a reference to that. Um, I don't know why. I wasn't a big Hulk show fan. I assume maybe it had some weird licensing rules or it was supposed to be like a different universe version. I don't know. but I don't know. I think I remember watching it episodes here and there. But yeah, I was never a big fan. I was like Adam West Batman was my jam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess let's dive into the top of this movie. Um, we're picking up like it shows a very fast, which I wish all origin story movies would do, especially with characters that like we get it. We know their origin. Um, it's a very quick, almost opening credit sequence that shows how Bruce Banner became the Hulk and irradiated with Gamma. So I was like, I appreciate that. I appreciate mm-hmm. the quick, like, here's what happens. Here's how he's Hulk. Now let's get into it. He's been Hulk for a while. Um, we get to see 
they do something cool in this movie where they keep track of time uh, with little blips that say like days since last incident, uh, which I thought was a fun way to keep track. Although, I mean, it's the Hulk, right? Like if we watched a movie where there wasn't an incident, you'd be kind of like, what was that? That was a pointless waste <laughs> of time. I want to see the Hulk. So uh, they they make sure to get the Hulk pretty quick. It's not like we wait most of the movie to see him in Hulk form. I mean, he's hulked out pretty quick. And actually, the scene where he hulks out for the first time in the movie um, reminded me tremendously of the first time we see the Hulk in The Avengers when Bruce Banner's like chasing after Natasha. Well, I guess it's not the first time, but when we see him chasing after Natasha and it's like, they like do such a good job of like obscuring him. So you like see his arm or his leg, but it's very like, I don't know, horror movie esque. And that's kind of what we get with the Hulk in mm-hmm. this like fight scene, um, which I thought was fun. And, and I really liked the way the Hulk looked in that light. Oh yeah. It looked far so more cool. real than it did when they were he was battling tanks mm-hmm. in the open field next to the school. Um So I don't know, the the movie kind of starts, he's been running away, he's kind of in hiding working at this like soda bottling plant. <laughs> uh he nicks his finger, some blood drops down, he freaks out, runs down there to 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 scoop up the blood, which I don't know if that's a thing, like in the comics. I don't ever remember reading anything where like Bruce Banner's blood could like turn other people into Hulks. Um, I'm not that's, sure. That's kind of like the the plot of this movie. <laughs> well, yeah. Does it? And well, because it shows later on that somebody does drink that soda, and it doesn't show them hulking out does it it just shows like them collapsing so it could be that he's worried about i know that they are separately mm-hmm. using it for uh you know hulk purposes mm-hmm. but maybe it's just that he's worried about how he still has uh gamma radiation mm-hmm. in his blood and he well, thinks that it's going to make them sick yeah and i think that's what they like mention later in the movie someone is like oh some guy got gamma poisoning from mm-hmm. a bottle of soda and like that's how they track him down but then near the end of the movie when the guy busts his head open and is laying on the ground and bruce banner's blood is dripping into his wound it's like turning his brain bigger <laughs> so it's like i don't what i don't understand and like when when he's like researching the blood it's like my least favorite part of the movie when he's looking at the blood cells through a microscope and then the blood cells hulk out and crack the glass like the, what <laughs> are we supposed to think that his blood cells can turn into hulk i'm i don't know yeah that part was weird partly because the blood cells got fuzzy yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. unpleasant also the part where the <laughs> the blood is like spiraling down to the the bottle and it's like it's weird looking first of all it reminded me of blade um and and it's also like weirdly hourglass shaped so it's like blobby but also an hourglass and then it gets onto the bottle and no one notices because it's like a huge splotch on top of this bottle and no one's like oh my gosh we missed this huge splotch of blood on this bottle Mm -hmm. instead it just like gets happily shipped off to to Mm. stanley mr (laughs) mr lee himself (laughs) Yeah, that seemed like a far drop for blood. Like, that whole scene felt like it could have been a little bit tighter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, didn't need to be like that. I get what you're saying on Blade. I can see that (laughs) for sure. (laughs) It's somehow blobby, but also pointy. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. I think it's just the science in this movie I could have done without. Because... I don't think that they put enough time to make it believable. And so the whole time, yeah. not not that like superhero science is believable, but like, I don't know. They could at least pretend that it could be believable or make me believe that it's believable. I feel like the science in this movie was just like, I have the blood. 
and I spun it in a tube, and now it turns people into hulks. And it's like, what? You didn't, you didn't even remotely try to explain it. I would rather it just have been like, we got his blood, and now we can inject it into people done. But instead, they like tried to explain a little bit here and there, and it just it's didn't. too much. Like, it's almost like they're trying. They're trying to go more of like this, like born Bond esque type vibe, where it's like, yeah, he's a scientist and he's really smart, but he's on the run, so we're gonna make it feel like this is more like a a spy esque movie. Yes, I'm Mister Green. You're Mister Blue. We're gonna chat you know, through the yes. dark web versus what we get in like future MCU movies where you just like, I could sit there and watch like Stark and Banner just geek out over nerdiness, like yeah. for 30 minutes where they're just like going deep into like theories and yeah. like the math and like, like that's really cool. Like yeah. it could have been fun to get more of that kind of stuff. In Avengers Banner is so much smarter like yeah he's always working on something in a lab building something i feel like edward norton like the whole movie is just about how he's sad that he turns into the hulk and he can't be with the girl he loves and then he sees her again and then he's like i can't be with you i'm the hulk and i'm trying to fix myself but i'm trying to fix myself with like this one vial of blood that i have and a guy that's in like a very basic looking lab and it's like, where's like cool, smart Bruce Banner? I I don't know. I don't know. I enjoy this movie. I think it's it is very <laughs> early Marvel, but I think I think that I enjoy what Marvel did with Bruce Banner and the Hulk much more later. Even Abomination. Like I remember. I remember thinking when I started this movie, I can't wait to see Abomination. Mm -hmm. I remember him looking cool. And then when I saw him immediately, I was like, he looks so dumb. I would rather just see new Abomination with like his little Gil Finn things like the new Abomination looks a thousand times better. Just basic design wise. I feel like Abomination, this movie with his just like, I don't know, he's just got like a big bald head with nothing on it. <laughs> the spines on his back, I feel like I remembered being bigger, but they weren't that big. I don't know. Oh, it didn't bother me that much. The whole character feels like he's, uh, he's from his own separate movie. Yeah. Like, it's like a super weird Tom Clancy movie. Like, Tom Clancy had a <laughs> uh, an off day and came up with this character. Yeah. But Tom Clancy made a Resident Evil movie, and that was the <laughs> villain in it. Yeah. <laughs> and so, yeah, it's... I'm excited to see what they do with uh, with Abomination in She-Hulk. Because, weirdly, he, he is kind of, like, my favorite part of this movie. Because it's just... He's a... Soldier, who first, first of all is supposed to be Russian, and Tim Roth is like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but he he basically wants a better body because he's got it in him to be part of the fight. He's not wanting to go up to like a position of being like more in command or kind of like what uh, Thunderbolt Ross is. He wants to be down in the fray, and he can't do it when he's oh my god, all of thirty nine years old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just ancient, <laughs> decrepit. Yeah, but yeah, Abomination's cool, and yeah. I want to I want to see more of him. But yeah, he does he does look a little uh, weird in this, also blobby but also pointy. Look at a, <laughs> look at a picture of a baby and tell me that's not what they modeled his face off of. Abomination's <laughs> face looks like a baby, specifically the baby in uh, the last Twilight movie. <laughs> He's even got little tiny baby teeth. When he was talking at one point and like his mouth was open, all I could do was look at his teeth. And I was just like, why are his teeth so small? It's like he he turned into abomination, but his teeth never grew. Hmm. You know, the little the little uh, tooth fairies in Hellboy 2 where they're yeah. small and they have the round face, but also the tiny sharp teeth. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, it's that thing with that size teeth. <laughs> I do like um, kind of his character story 
with mm. Abomination. I did like like that's probably one of the aspects I like it. It's just like this fascination of like what did this guy do to himself to become this? And mm. just like the need for power. And it's like, is it is it simply like does he have this is it just the power or is it the control or the you know what comes with that? Mm-hmm. It's just you know, this guy who's been trained to fight and be the best fighter and you know, this is the first time it's kind of like, you know, it's just the, the f- moment of being defeated and just mm-hmm. having that way on him and just like, I've got to get what he's got and, mm-hmm. and be the best. And yeah, I agree. I'm curious to see how much we'll see abomination in she Hulk and what role he's going to play, especially going into the future um, of MCU. Like how much are we going to see of abomination? Cause I do want to see what more he can bring to the table. Right. That was another thing is like the, the final fight is like, I couldn't remember, you know, he like gets stabbed in the chest, like, Mm -hmm. but yet he still walks away from it. Like also the stab wound. I don't know if this was just like, they thought the stab was cool, but then it didn't really matter down the line. Or Mm -hmm. if he has some sort of like healing abilities, but he got stabbed and then the next time we see him laying there with Hulk's foot on his chest, he doesn't have a stab wound. So yeah. I don't know if we're supposed to think that it healed or if they just kind of forgot that he got stabbed. Because mm-hmm. um, he also doesn't really seem to have any issue moving his arm around, even though the thing he gets stabbed with is like his elbow joint. <laughs> yeah, it's um, like his own bone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I don't know. I... I want to know if, so in this movie, first, before he gets turned into Abomination, he gets shot up with some, like, knockoff back alley super soldier serum. And Tint B. Yeah, it, yeah exactly. You sing the boys. Yeah. <laughs> it gives him some form of super strength and speed. Like, that's kind of all we see. He doesn't, mm-hmm. he, he, like, jumps around. He's very athletic, but. It's not like he punches the Hulk or anything. So I don't even know if he actually has super strength. Um, but then he gets leveled pretty quick. Just mm-hmm. knocked knocked out. Um, but he survives it and comes back and then later gets shot up with Banner Blood on top of his nastiness and <laughs> turns him into Abomination. So I want to know going forward if he is going to have some sort of super soldier serum active when he's not abomination or if they're just going to kind of gloss over that or if this is even the same abomination. I mean, we get the same actor, the same backstory it seems because she says, he tried to kill my brother, so I'm I'm guessing we're supposed to mm-hmm. think that this movie occurred. Um, yeah, I wonder if they're going to utilize him in terms of just like let's sample his blood to see like compare like because I guess you know one thing we don't know yet is like what's kind of the motive within She Hulk like she becomes She Hulk is does she want to reverse it? Does she want to go back to a normal life? And it's mm. like, well, let's get your blood and here's abomination. Let's get his blood and let's compare. And I wonder if they're going to go down that route. We also don't know how she becomes she Hulk, right? Well, we kind of in the trailer, if you watch the trailer, which, uh, which I've seen a lot of people kind of look at and speculate and kind of, it's just, it's like they get in a, uh, I think most people are speculating that from, from what we see in the trailer, it's like they get in a car crash and like his like banner's blood like get like she gets a cut like they both get cut or something and like his blood gets in her mm. blood and mm. she becomes she hulk so we're sticking with most the people... blood transfusion turns you into yeah okay. yeah which i think is not comic accurate like it's going to be the change okay so i'm curious if that's accurate enough i mean i, I do remember that in the trailer i just wasn't looking at that much detail mm-hmm. <laughs> um so it makes sense to look at it like if that's what happens to her, then com- let's compare with 
abomination and see if we can find a way to reverse it and get these people back to normal. But I do like that thought of like before becoming abomination, he did temporarily get like this other stuff that made him stronger, like super soldier basically mm. like definitely let's go down that route more. Yeah. Yeah. Cause like, I think it's cool that he can abominate. Yeah. It seems he can turn into <laughs> abomination when he wants. He At control. will, yeah. yeah. Does does he have that kind of control and just whenever needed, he can do it? Right. Um, and excited. like, where did he learn that? Is that something like spending time with Wong? Did Wong train him to kind of control that and mm. change? Like, what's Wong's involvement in this as well? Yeah, and like, I, I hope that we get more answers to that. Like, what Wong was doing with him mm. in Shang-Chi and is Wong like finding these people and helping them control their powers or is there something bigger at play? Uh, is this going to like tie into something in the greater MCU or is this just going to be like a fun side story with side characters? It's like, is, do we expect would abomination be part of Thunderbolts? That team, I assume team? so, but I also want to know because like that's, that's kind of Hulk's thing, right? Hulk is so strong that like his mm-hmm. only villains can be equally as strong. So we have Abomination and then we have the Red Hulk, mm-hmm. which Red Hulk is Thunderbolt. So hmm. I wonder if we're going to get that or if we're going to get a glimpse of that or if that's even like is Ross going to show up at all in this? I mean, I would assume yeah. so, since he's kind of the reason that Abomination exists. Yeah. Um, but again, I, I want to know how much of this movie they're going to play on or reference. Mm-hmm. Or if they're just going to take the parts they want and then pretend that this movie was a different universe and or a different Earth. And hmm. so like some <laughs> of it, some of it transferred to this Earth or not. Yeah. Well, um, didn't the the actor who played Thunderbolt Ross pass away this year? Did he? I think you're right. William Hurt. Yep. Yeah. Well. Yeah, March 13th forgot about that and that's it's a downer now because like i'm such a fan like i i like a lot of william hurt's work and he has such a crucial role in kind of building a lot now i was that was something else i saw the other day is like people are like hating on the uh kind of like the the mid-credit scene or the end where you have you know stark's approaching him to kind of like initiate like hey we're building out the avengers but you know, look at what Hurt was trying to do with the whole, like, you know, like, mm. look at his, what his motives actually are. Like, why would you want to bring that to him? Right. Right. Like, I'm trying to destroy the Hulk. I don't want to provide him for, like, this team of superheroes. <laughs> Doesn't he want to use the Hulk? Isn't that his whole thing? Is he's wanting the Hulk to be, like, like a essentially a weapon for the military? Well, I yeah. think he wants to, I mean, he, the, or he just wants to like understand like how this was done to recreate it to make weapons. Mm. Which, I mean, sort of a side tangent, but also I'm gonna start with the reason I'm getting into this tangent. So, one of the first like early comics that we see the Hulk is when Hulk intervenes in a fight between Wolverine and the Wendigo Ooh. in Canada, and it's the first time we see Wolverine. And I was kind of like, man, did they put Banner in Canada at the end of this movie? Because they were like giving themselves options. So like they Mm -hmm. could introduce Wolverine into a Hulk movie or they could go Hulk versus the leader because they set that up too. And like Mm -hmm. they were just giving themselves room to play. So speaking on that, there's a really exciting uh, comic series called Weapon H, and it's basically Ross gets the blood of Hulk and the blood of Wolverine and creates like a Wolverine-Hulk 
basically. Um, mm. And then all these robots, too, that are crazy. But I've always thought, like, man, that would be wild. And, like, we're nowhere near ready for something like that to appear in the MCU. <laughs> but I think it would be really cool. And if the actor passed away, I'm wondering if they're going to recast or if they're going to find a character to kind of take on some of the storylines because Ross is such like a big character in the or in Marvel for like the military. He's like the head of, you know, the military yeah. that sort of deals with all of the mm-hmm. super soldier stuff. So I'm wondering what they're going to do going forward. Um, I was looking it up to see who played him in the Hulk and it was Sam Elliott, I think. Sam Elliott? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean they could pull him in again. Maybe. They haven't done anything with uh Betty for a long time, so they yeah. might bring her back. I mean, she's in a totally different field, but <laughs> have we seen her? Have we seen her at all in any of the newer I, stuff? We've seen her in What If, but that's it. Okay. Yeah, What If. Whenever in the episode where everyone gets murdered, she's in it. <laughs> but not the not the same uh, not the same actress. Oh, which... and I forgot. For some reason, I thought. That uh, the one person that carried over was uh, Liv. But no, it was Jennifer Connelly played Betty in Hulk. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. Like, again, it's been a minute since I've seen this. This one. Kind of want to go watch it again. And Jennifer Connelly is like a terrific actress. Mm -hmm. And Liv Tyler... She isn't given a whole lot to do in this yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. There's there's so many times in the movie where she says like super breathy, like press. Yeah, <laughs> she's very one note in this movie. Very. Uh, yeah. And again, it could just be that her character's underwritten. Uh, yeah. Like they don't give her a whole lot to do. Her whole personality is PhD and bangs. Like that's what they gave her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so sad face. It. That's all and she does. Face. Yeah. Um, we do have one other character though that did carry over into the MCU, and I like to think that this is almost an origin story mm. for him. Um, but we get Mr. Harrington uh, in the movie. He's not credited as Mr. Harrington, but obviously this was a long, long time ago. Um, but Martin Starr is the actor. Um, he is. Mr. Harrington and Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, So he works for the Midtown School of Science and Technology, whereas in this movie, he is just labeled as computer nerd. So uh, he's a student at Culver University in the Hulk, the Incredible Hulk. So it's fun to think of that as like, oh, this is like, this is Mr. Harrington. He's just, you know, working at school, getting his degree, and then he's going to go work in New York. Um, I mean, uh, that's just a made up thing, uh, for us fans, but he is yep. in this movie. So, <laughs> yeah, I think that totally like works, even though I was like, I was going through the IMDb trivia for this and it said that it's not supposed to be the same character. And the only reason he's in it is because Ed Norton's wife was a producer on a show that he was on. And they said that she could pick one of the actors to have a cameo and she picked Martin Starr. That's cool. <laughs> That that's is so cool. random they're like okay honey we're giving you a little perk here yeah yeah <laughs> you are tangentially connected with this movie yeah odd I like but that. you know yeah i wonder because we don't see lou in anything past this do we is no. he any part of the mcu he's not voicing anything right no. oh, i thought he did do the voice but well, I guess was wrong. well in this one he does the voice of the incredible hulk but i i don't know if let me look to i see if think he, was... he... Maybe a cameo in one of the animated things, or he may have done the voice for one of the animated shows, but I don't think in like the Marvel. Uh, he universe. did the voice in Age of Ultron. 
it says uncredited, but he he voiced Hulk in Age of Ultron. Uh, it looks like the Hulk he voiced the Hulk in the, the Avengers. Interesting, but it was uncredited. I wonder why it was uncredited. I wonder why, like, why do you make that call? Maybe he was just being super cool and didn't want to take away from, uh, from the actor's yeah. performance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because like in like The Incredible they, Hulk, it's credited. He's the voice of The Incredible Hulk, right. plus he plays the security guard. Mm-hmm. But he, but maybe because he showed up in it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. Yeah. Because I was thinking like maybe it's because they do so much like audio work mm-hmm. on the Hulk's voice. But in this one, I mean, half the time it sound, he sounds like a dinosaur. So... <laughs> Speaking of uncredited work, though, it's well known that Edward Norton rewrote basically the whole script of this movie. Like every day he would sit down with the scene that they were filming and totally redo it and petition the Writers Guild of America to get a screenwriting credit and they wouldn't give it to him. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. He's not listed as a writer. But that's interesting. I didn't I didn't know that he was doing that. Yeah, he. uh he did it, and so did, I remember uh, Robert Downey Jr. basically did the same thing with uh, Iron Man, that mm-hmm. he would improvise a lot, and he would come in every day with his scene and be like, can we do this, 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 and this, change these things, make this dialogue this way, and all that sort of stuff. But to my knowledge, he never asked for a writing credit. He was just trying to connect with this character. Right. Sure. Um, so I think, I think that that's neat, but part of me is also like, how, like controlling do you have to be that you're like hmm i see that we have a script here that we're working for but also i don't like it right right (laughs) i could understand it from like the robert downey part of it where like if you if you're really embodying the character that you're playing and you think that the character Mm -hmm. would do better saying this or walking this way or whatever like that i totally understand but i agree like i don't know that if i were given a movie as the lead actor and I was like, man, I, re- I really wish that instead of a front flip, I could do a backflip here. I don't know that I would just rewrite it and show up to set and be like, Hey, I'm doing this instead. Right. Mm. Like, I don't know. I'd probably just do it the way. Cause now like hearing stuff like that makes me wonder what changes he made mm. and like, what would this movie have been if he didn't change things? Would it have been better? Would it have been worse? would have been the same um so i don't know we'll we'll never know (laughs) and it feels like i know that uh i know that norton is like also an an incredible actor and he does a lot of stuff um we did uh talk about how he's normally like i feel like like he's better suited to like darker roles than this Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) um and so maybe it's just that that this isn't like his his top of performance that he excels in but he seems kind of one note like like Liv Tyler in this um and so it's it's interesting to me that he spends all this time uh working with the script trying to get it right for him to perform it and this is the performance Mm. it's just weird yeah well and you know he Bruce Banner's whole thing is that he hates the Hulk and eventually he learns to like work with the Hulk but for the most part, he's not a fan of having the Hulk inside of him. And I think Hulk in the MCU, that Bruce Banner-Hulk relationship is is done really well. Mm-hmm. In this movie, it's like, it's more that he's scared of the Hulk mm-hmm. or scared that the Hulk will hurt someone that, that he's close to. But then, yeah, he just generally doesn't want to hurt. Yeah, people. he does. Like even people that are bullying him, like you know, to yeah. that level, it's still like you got to get away from me. Right. Right. Like you know, just but keep then, the peace. Don't make me angry. <laughs> then the the ending scene of the movie when he's like looking at the you know he gets the box. He pulls out the necklace. He puts it in the note. He's leaving the note for Betty. Mm -hmm. Then he smirks as his eyes turn green, as if he's like excited he's going to turn into the Hulk. And I don't know what that was for. Like, why was he? 
Sorry, go on. No, well, I was just like, why was he turning into the Hulk? And why was he excited to turn into the Hulk? I thought he was smirking because he was excited that he could finally turn into the Hulk at will. Instead yeah, of it I just think it's... happening to him because he was upset. Yeah, it's just kind of getting... I think, yeah, it's just... Uh... I feel like it's I I viewed that as like just this control appreciation like you know if if he hasn't been the Hulk he's he's put so much time avoiding to become the Hulk but now that he had like won this fight and knows what the Hulk is capable of and what what he can do in controlling that it's kind of like building that confidence of like maybe I can be a hero potentially or you know, step in when needed. Yeah. I mean, I kind of understand that, but I think that it was just done. If that's where they were going, it was too fast. Yeah. Like to believe that he, in the span of this one two hour movie, <sighs> completely was able to control his Hulk. Because, like, you know, the Hulk and Bruce Banner are two different people, essentially. Mm. Yeah. And the Hulk that we have now in the MCU is like them working together. Mm -hmm. But it took five movies, four movies of seeing Bruce and Hulk before they were able to work together and be Bruce Banner, but in Hulk form all the time. Or is it the complete opposite? Does the Hulk have control over Banner? I mean, and maybe is like who's smiling at the end? Is it Banner smiling or is the Hulk smiling? I see. I like that better to mm. think that like Hulk could be taking over, but I mm. think they didn't do enough to make Hulk bad enough. And yeah. not that the Hulk is bad, but like his whole thing is that he wants to be the strongest, and so he's always out yeah. fighting people. And this almost goes in like, what could have changed in the scale of things if we had gotten like a Hulk the Incredible Hulk 2 before the Avengers yeah what was the developed this character a little bit more I don't and was the whole reasoning because as soon as this was done they were like Norton you're out we gotta find someone else and Um, the whole thing is really convoluted because I was having to look into this myself so apparently when they came up with this movie, the director, Louis Leterrier, actually suggested Mark Ruffalo for the role and the studio wanted Ed Norton. And then after it came out, like this is the only thing that they got permission to make like a standalone Hulk movie because the rights still belong to Paramount. And so they haven't made another movie partly because they can't. Interesting. Um, and I think that the reason that Ed Norton left is because he's not the kind of actor that really does franchises. Like he said, he didn't want to be too associated with a particular character, which is bad whenever you're getting into something like the MCU <laughs> that is totally built on continuity. Um, and so they went back and cast Mark Ruffalo anyway, which, what? Just, why didn't they listen? <laughs> yeah. Because uh, overall, I think that Mark Ruffalo is a better Hulk. He's a better Banner. He's much more cuddly and <laughs> adorable, uh, which is a quality that maybe some people don't want in their Hulk, but I have appreciated in a Hulk. So that's yeah. it's a deal with uh, a rots issue, which is why this was on HBO Max instead of Disney Plus. Uh, Ed Norton not wanting to continue with a franchise like this that would kind of dictate what movies he could do and when and kind of dominate him in a way as an actor. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of things came together in a very haphazard way to prevent us from having full, like further Hulk content. I do like Ruffalo as Bruce better as well, but because I think he's such a drastic difference between himself and Hulk. Mm -hmm. Whereas, I don't know, kind of like you said, we don't really know what Bruce Banner is like with Edward Norton. Like, all we know is that he doesn't want to turn into the Hulk and he's going to try his best not to turn into the Hulk. But, like I said before, he doesn't seem overly smart. He doesn't seem like anything. He's just like a 
a character that's only there to fill in the time that he's not Hulk. Also, unrelated, I think he doesn't weigh as much as I do. <laughs> well, I yeah, he is very, very tiny in this movie. Um, so small. They used to let them be small. <laughs> I, I guess my last note for this movie is that while I enjoyed the Hulk, like how he looked... He was, A, always dirty. He could have just turned into the Hulk and he would be dirty. But also, I think one of the reasons that I really like Mark Ruffalo Hulk is that it looks like Mark Ruffalo. Like that to me, while like maybe, yeah, sure, in the comics, does Hulk look like Bruce Banner? No. But I think that that is a really cool way to envision Mm-hmm. somebody turning into a monster is that the monster looks like you still. Yeah. And that could be more of a nod to like the series. Like mm-hmm. maybe, well, I don't, maybe not really. Cause they don't, I don't think they ever like necessarily looked. Yeah. No, nah, it's, I do I, like that though. I, I don't feel like it's it, just yeah. an MCU thing, but it, yeah, but it, it's so, I don't, it, it like ties those characters together and makes you remember mm-hmm. that like, Oh yeah. Hulk is Bruce Banner mm-hmm. just with the mind of Hulk. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I really enjoy that. And so watching this, I, every time he turned into the Hulk, that's all I could do is like, look at his face and be like, did they even try to make him look like Edward Norton? I mean, I guess <laughs> maybe a tiny bit, but also you have to think that, you know, CG has come a long way since then. So Maybe they did their best, and now their best is a thousand times better. So it's it's hard. It's apples and oranges, right? Uh, but yeah, I guess uh, final thoughts on the Incredible Hulk, or did we miss anything? We haven't talked about Tim Blake Nelson, and all I have to say about it is, why did they waste Tim Blake Nelson? <laughs> And it also, it weirds me out a little bit whenever he's in a role where he doesn't have his, like, southern accent. Yeah. Uh, and so this one where he's, like, supposed to have this very, like, uh, just standard American accent. I'm like, oh, my gosh. Why? Yeah. It doesn't sound like you. Stop it. Yeah. They did a lot to set stuff up in this movie. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing, you know, I, I'm sure they knew Edward Norton didn't want a five Hulk movie deal. It's weird to me that they set up so much stuff with no real plan of going forward with that stuff. I mean, if we're lucky, we might get the leader in She-Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. If we're lucky. (laughs) As long as it's not the leader from the Hulk. Um, (laughs) Does seem that the leader may have some ties to Thunderbolts, but again... This is yeah, this is one of those characters that I really enjoyed kind of getting hinted at and I would love to see in a future MCU project. Mm. So fingers are crossed. Mm-hmm. Well, that uh wraps it up for the Incredible Hulk. Uh to get you all ready for She Hulk starting next week, right? Two weeks. Two weeks. So we will get I am Groot next week. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh- yeah. That's right. So next week we'll jump on I Am Groot. I assume that they will put all of those out at one time. Um, so we will be prepared to talk about that. And yeah, and then one more week and then She-Hulk. So we're ready. Ready to see what they do with this story, if they do anything with it, other than pull the same actor for Abomination. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and... Maybe move, phase out our one-liners and intro our asking questions for you listeners to respond to. Um, We'd, first of all, thank you for listening. Really appreciate if you could rate the podcast wherever you are listening to it. 
and tell your friends about it too if they like Marvel stuff we'd appreciate that um, but also we're going to start asking you guys questions each week and that way we can kind of hear what your thoughts are on what we're talking about and what's coming up and then also we're going to start doing giveaways soon um, I found my giant box of pops um, so <laughs> I have collected Marvel pops for I don't know five years six years now um and yeah we're gonna start giving some of those away uh on the podcast and on our social media so be sure to follow us on social media where you'll see kind of how we're gonna be giving them away um i'm thinking like maybe like keywords or something in an episode Ooh. um so <laughs> we'll see but yeah keep your eyes out for that so for this week my question to you dear listener is going to be What's your favorite Hulk? Of the three that we have in live action form, well, I guess the four that we have in live action form, which one is your favorite? And uh, if, you know, if you want to be as detailed, why? Uh, if not, just let us know your favorite Hulk. Uh, you've got Lou Ferrigno Hulk. You've got Hulk from Hulk. You have the Incredible Hulk. And then you have Mark Ruffalo Hulk. And then let's throw, let's make it five. And you got She-Hulk. Even though we don't know anything about She-Hulk yet other than the trailers, that could be your favorite. I don't know. Yeah. So let us know in the comments wherever you're listening. And, uh, yeah, we'll see you guys next week for I Am Groot. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.